This morning's scripture reading comes from Luke 10, verses 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Mary opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. This is the word of the Lord for us. A couple of months ago, uh, my wife and I went to Texas on a retreat. And I'll never forget one of the sessions we had. The retreat leader took a disc, and he brought it over, and he put it on a mirror, and he dropped it. And it spun, and it spun, and it spun. And the speed would increase as it would go. This disc represented our lives and the busyness that we have. You know, being busy sometimes feels like this shiny thing that everyone wants. But our lives can tend to go out of control and speed up and speed up. And as the disc speeds up, it represents the loss of control we sometimes have. On the other side of the table, he had a pendulum that he started. The interesting thing about the pendulum in comparison to the disc is that it was much more controlled because it was anchored. And because it was anchored, it would, it would go much longer than the disc would. It was very interesting as we talked about the disc versus the pendulum and how our culture actually pre- prefers the shiny object that goes faster and faster over the slow, methodical disc, the more controlled pendulum. Pastor John is on vacation this week, and I'm doing a standalone message this morning called Deep Breath. And I do just want to put a warning out there. This is less of a point one, point two, point three type sermon and more of a collection of thoughts that I had this week. And I thought it was important that we just pause this morning. Some of you this morning need to just pause and take a deep breath. And I don't even know why you might need to pause this morning. Maybe for you, work is really hectic right now. And you are really stressed out and busy and things are moving and you've got deadlines to meet and it's getting really, really stressful. Or maybe for you, with the warm weather now, you realized how much work there is to do outside, and you're not quite sure how you're going to keep up with all of that work, with everything that you have going already. Or maybe you're graduating high school or college, and you have no idea what this summer is going to look like, and you're getting really stressed out even thinking about it. And yet, even some of you this morning are thinking, with summer starting, with the school schedules, and with kids out of school... You are not sure how in the world you are going to manage all of these schedules that are coming up. And yet still some of you 
are just stressed out because on the way here to church you were late already and you had a fight in the car and you were upset and it wasn't even your fault that you were late and you're just sitting there murmuring like we're going to miss the first song, we're going to miss this, we're going to miss that. I was in the car and nobody came out. And, and let's just take a deep breath this morning together. I don't know what reason you might have for needing a pause, but let's do that. And I hope it helps for just a moment. I want to take a poll this morning. Um, by a show of hands, how many of you would say that you occasionally or often feel stressed? By a show of hands, raise them up real high. Many, many hands went up. By a show of hands, how many of you would say that you wish you had a little bit more time to yourself because you really don't spend a whole lot of time by yourself or had a little bit more time with the people that you cared about? Raise your hands. That's about what I expected. Most of us in this room feel this way. This life, this world that we have here, pushes us to our absolute limits. Do more, buy more, conquer more, 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 more. And I'm suspicious that some of us in this room are living this way. And it's not sustainable. At the very least, it's not sustainable. And for some of us, it's even an unbiblical pace of life. We have so normalized this pace of life. And it's even, it's even going into our kids. And every, virtually everyone I know has little or no spare time. And their margin for error is really, really small. Even for, for some of our kids, they're, they're gone four nights a week with activities, not even including what they do on the weekends. And it is just really, really stressful. There's just a very small margin for error. We are so, spread so thin that we can't even give time to the things that matter most. So, Father, this morning, as we open your word, Father, I pray that you would speak to us this morning. That you would show us your love and your, your mercy in your word, and even so, show us the areas of our life that need attention, need to be fixed. Father, we trust you this morning, and we look to you. We pray this all in your son's name. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles with you, go ahead and open them to Luke chapter 10, where we will be looking at what I expect is a fairly familiar story for us this morning. So we're going to pick up uh, where it was just read for us in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Now, there are a few things that I noted from this, and this is, these are just some of my thoughts 
uh, about this passage. The first thing I noticed is that Jesus, no matter what you thought about him in this time period, he still seemed to be a fairly important guy. Like, he was doing very big and important things. He was healing lots of people. He was doing a lot of miracles. And he, was, he, he had just sent out, in the beginning of this chapter, he had just sent out 72 disciples. And he even said, as he sent them out, he says uh, that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So there's this sense of urgency that he kind of seems to have. And, and I'm really confused, and I'm looking at it as if I was in this time period. I'm really confused as to why Jesus is just spending some time with a random family in a random village. Like, are you sure you got time for that? You've got, like, you've got, like, big things to accomplish. We believe that you're the son of God, and you're just having dinner at a random person's house. And even beyond that, you're getting tied up in a family argument. Like, are you sure you don't have to check your schedule and make sure that you have time to do this? Like, how on earth will you ever get everything you have to get done. And of course, we, we look at this from a modern day perspective and, and we totally see the big picture. But given the culture, I mean, if we were in this time, it just seems really strange. The second thing I notice is that two women were presented the same opportunity, but they had different responses. We've got Mary and Martha Jesus, the Son of God, is present, and Mary created a moment. She could have had things to do. She might have had laundry that wasn't done. She might have had grocery shopping that she had to do. She might have had errands that she needed to run. But just for a little bit, she created a moment. Like, I am not going to do that right now. I'm going to embrace this moment Jesus and enjoy some time with Jesus. But Martha, on the other hand, was like many of us tend to be. She was distracted by the many things that needed to be done. Be done. She was wigging out. Like she was she was really stressed about everything that had to be done. Interesting to me is that she wasn't distracted by anything sinful. Like, nothing that she was distracted by was necessarily a bad thing. Um, You know, we would look at this and say, well, these are good things that you're distracted about. Like, it's good that you're um, caring about your company and making sure that things are done. And and, and Martha is just, like, sort of freaking out. She's like, okay, I've got Jesus here. He's rumored to be the Son of God. I got to make sure I have the right plate set out. I got to make sure the candles are lit. I got to make sure the toilet paper matches the shower curtains. Like she's just really, really frantic about everything that's happening. We have got to make sure everything is right, don't we? We get stressed out about the things that have to be done, just like Martha. And it's interesting that because Martha is so distracted by all of the preparations that have to be made, she misses out on the best things. You know, she's, she's focused on good things, but she misses some of the best things. 
This is one of the hardest things I think we do sometimes. Deciding between what matters and what matters most. While I was on this retreat, I found that I have been distracted for far too long. I also committed to not using my phone while I was on this retreat. Um, And let me tell you, it was kind of hard sometimes having 10 minutes or even five minutes to sit with absolutely nothing to engage my mind. To just sit and be still and not, not have anything occupy my time. But it was such an important time to sit at the feet of Jesus and to just listen. To just sit and just listen for his leading. Listen for his voice. I felt as though God kind of smacked me on the back of the head. Like, come on, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, like be still. You, I know you've got a lot of things that can occupy your time. But be still and be with me. You know, there's been times in my life where I've had a hard time choosing between what matters and what matters most. The third thing that I notice is in something that Martha said. She said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. What I notice is Martha is absolutely convinced that she was right. Martha was absolutely convinced that what she was doing was correct. This is the important thing. I'm here doing all of this and she's sitting there being lazy Like, Jesus, take my side. Therein lies one of the greatest challenges I have this morning. Most of us are convinced that the way we are doing life is necessary and right. You're going to be successful. I have to be busy. There are lots of things that I need to do in order to be successful. Well, this is the way we have to live. Everybody lives this way. Everybody's busy. This is just normal. This is just the way it is. Forgetting that broad is the road and wide is the path that leads to destruction. And many are on it. But narrow is the path. That leads to life and few are on it. Small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. That's why the words of Paul in Romans chapter 12 are so important. Do not be conformed by the patterns of this world. But, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Like, why do we think that what everybody else is doing is what God's best is for us anyway? But instead, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Why why do we think that what everybody else is doing is what's necessary? 
Let's not be like everyone else. Let's be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Then we will be able, then we will be able to attest and approve what the will of God is. His good, his pleasing, and his perfect will. Quite honestly, I've heard a lot of messages like this about, about um, making sure that our time is used correctly and, and being less busy. And I've always kind of walked away from those things thinking, that's really good. That's really something to think about. It's interesting that Mary sat at the feet of Jesus like she did. Mary just had a knack for choosing what was best. Like she just had this knack for doing that. If, if you remember, there's a story in scripture um, about a lady who anoints the feet of Jesus with perfume and wipes it with her hair. And, and, and one of the disciples is like, what, what is she doing? Like she should have sold that perfume and gave the money to the poor. Mary was actually that, that woman. This is the same Mary that anointed the feet of Jesus. Like, what a powerful demonstration of really understanding who Jesus was. And Jesus tells the disciples that very thing when, when he says, hey, hey, the poor are going to be with you always, but I am not. I am, I am, while I am here, give me your attention. And Mary just has a knack for doing this. I found that really interesting as I was studying the scripture. How Mary just, just had this knack for choosing Jesus. And how like in this story, she's able to just take a deep breath, pause, and listen to the teaching of Christ. To sit at his feet and listen to his teaching. What an amazing demonstration of what we are supposed to do in our lives. Like, there are tons of things that we could put our focus on. There are tons of places we could put our energy and our time and our resources. But here we have this woman that demonstrates, you know what? Like, I'm going to put those things aside. And I am just going to sit and be and just listen to my Lord. For a lot of us. It's really hard to sit even for five, ten minutes and just listen. And to just listen to what the Lord is teaching us. You know, being transformed by the renewing of our mind is something that we actually have to engage in. And the more time that I spend in this world, the more I see how easy it is to be distracted. To be convinced that, that the way I'm living is right. That, that busyness and all of this noise is absolutely necessary to be successful. And I've, and I've thought to myself when I've heard these messages, that's really good, that's something to think about. But what I really need is radical life change. Many of us are distracted. Now we are weary, we are stressed out, we are spread too thin with a sea of things to do. And here's what 
Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 29, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And what will you find? You will find rest for your souls. How good does that sound? Rest for our souls. Sometimes when you read the word, it just washes over you. Rest for our souls. Peace, assurance, tranquility. A lot of us, we don't, we don't even know what rest really is. And some of you are thinking, well, we're going to go on vacation real soon. And then you spend your entire vacation bungee jumping and shopping and uh, just doing a lot of busy and you come ho- busyness and you come home and you're like, man, I need a vacation from my vacation. Or some of us spend three days unwinding from our stressful life. And then when we get three days in, we're like, we only got three days of vacation left. And you start winding back up like like rest is really hard for us. Clearing our minds is hard. Rest for our souls. And I love how Jesus responds to all of this that's going on with Mary and Martha. And it's a good and great reminder for us this morning in verse 41. He says, Martha, Martha. You could totally tell like she was really worked up. Like when you got to say the name twice, like, hey, 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 calm, calm down. The Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. Many of us this morning are worried about many things. And we need to pause and take a deep breath and remember, but few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. Only one thing is needed. And some of your Bibles say that, uh, that Mary has chosen the good portion, which echoes Old Testament of, of God being our portion. And this is what Mary chose. I did a study this week called, um, abide, um, and it's, it's a journaling plan um, all about spending lots of time with God. And it's based on John 15 of abiding in him. And I was struck particularly as I was reading about abiding. I, I, I looked up some, some Greek words for abide. And, and I was drawn to a passage in Psalm, Psalms 91. And it talks, it's a psalm of Moses. And he talks about the Lord being our dwelling place. It's interesting that Moses would say this, considering that they roamed through the desert for as long as they did with no home. And he says, Lord, you are our dwelling place since before time began. For us today, we have presented the same opportunity, but are distracted with preparations that have to be made. 
things that need to be done, and we forget that little is actually needed. In fact, only one thing is needed. Jesus. So church, let's take a deep breath together. Who is our portion? Let's not get too consumed with what needs to happen. And remember what Psalm 46.10 says. Be still. Be still. And know that I am God. Many of us don't know how to be still. And if I come hard on this, it's because this has been a battle for me and I'm learning to win this battle. I really am. But be still. I have an assignment for you this week. Many of you will shake off this assignment, but I hope some of you will will take on this challenge. Your assignment is five minutes a day. Five minutes a day. Where you don't produce anything, you don't think about anything, you just be in the presence of God. And just listen. And what it's going to do for five minutes, it's going to break the idolatry that we have. Where you think you are on the throne of your life. And you are going to leave the laundry undone. The kids knocking at the door. Your emails unchecked. Your Facebook will survive for five or ten minutes without you. And you're not allowed to tweet about it. Like you just, just spend five minutes a day. Not producing anything. Not doing anything. Just listening and being in the presence of God. Take a deep breath and be. And just listen for God's voice like Mary did. You know, we really, we really need to stop seeking from the things of this world. And we really need to find meaning in the things of God. <clears throat> Isaiah 58, 11 has this great this great thought for us as we think about all the things that are going on in our lives and us putting other things in God's place in our life. And, and what, what would happen if we just be in the presence of God? Isaiah 58, 11 says, and this will happen as we seek him. The Lord will guide you always. Not the culture, not the expectations, nothing of this world, but the Lord will guide you always. Always, And he, not the things of this world, but he will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. And rather than being parched and thirsty and empty and barren and dry and struggling, you will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. When you stop living according to the pattern of this world, but instead you live according to the rhythms of his grace, you will never be the same. You know, there are many of us here right now for a very specific reason. Because you look at your life and it's not all that you thought it would be. You've been in a lifelong search, a quest for something that's going to fill this emptiness that you have. Like maybe you look at your life and, and, and because chances are you've, you've gotten to accomplish some of the things you've found, you've you got to have this job and now you've got it. But you still feel empty. 
or, or you got to make that salary and now you've got it and you still feel empty or you've got to be in this relationship and you are and you still feel empty. You're searching and you're driving and you're pushing. And what is this? This is idolatry. It's taking good things and making them supreme things. It's settling for the lower things of this world rather than the higher things of God's kingdom. And I'm so convinced, I'm so convinced that many people who call themselves Christians really aren't living a Christian life. They're pursuing worldliness in the name of Christ. Idolatry. You and your goals are still on the throne of your life, and that is not Christianity. You know, God sent his son to this world to, first of all, die on a cross in a painful way. To live a sinless life and die on a cross so that we could be forgiven. And here's why Jesus came. He he didn't come to make us religious. He came so that we could have life and we could have life more abundantly. And here's what I'm not offering this morning. I'm not saying come to Jesus and life will be better. I'm not saying choose Jesus, life will be better. I'm saying that choose Jesus because Jesus is better than life. Come to him in your brokenness. Come to him in your sin. Come to him and find rest for your souls. Forgiveness, healing, wholeness, and peace. So, Father, today we look to you for rest. Father, we confess this morning that we have been consumed by too many things. By all the preparations that have to be made. But, Father, you tell us that that few things are needed. Only one is needed. And we choose you as our portion this morning. Father, we pray that that you will guide us always, that you will satisfy our needs, and that you will make us like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose water never fails. Father, thank you for who you are, and we pray this all in your Son's name.